Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to The Penny Peep Show! Mysterious invitation, an unknown host, ten strangers trapped in a remote mountain lodge. Ms. Delphine Diamandis. I could spill everyone's dirty little secrets if I saw this. Colonel Lionel Gale. I've survived wars. Whatever foolery this is, holds no fear for me. Miss Holiday Howard Hudson. Lay a finger on me and I'll kill you. Mr. Grayson Gale. I won't let anything get in the way of my having a good holiday. Mr. Petey Reed. I always get mine. Get in my way, and you'll get yours. Mrs. Peggy Parker. I've got a brick, and I'm not afraid to use it. Mr. Dimitri Volkov. I'm good with sword. Would you like to see my sword? Mrs. Veronica. Buckle up, boys. We're in for a hell of a ride. It's a case for the celebrity private investigator, Mr. Montgomery Griffin. Someone did something to someone for some reason. And his sidekick, Miss Sidney Sparrow. And we are going to crack the case. Three dead. Seven remain. Finding the killer will be a process of elimination. The dining room. Eight o'clock in the morning. The remaining guests gather to discuss breakfast and murder. Is everyone finished with their breakfast? The eggs, Florentine, were excellent, Miss Sparrow. Oh, sauce is very creamy. The hollandaise? Hollandaise? Yes, she likes it. I would, except everyone keeps getting murdered. I no longer have the physical strength to complain about the lack of bacon. Such is the low level of bacon running through my system. You know, in Holland, they call bacon speck. Isn't that a funny word? Speck. <laughs> Miss Sparrow, darling, you couldn't Irish up some coffee for me, could you? No. I'm happy to get in that kitchen and give it a go myself. I think I understand the principles of a kettle. No, Miss Veronica. Let's split the difference and pop the cork on some champagne. I said no. How can you drink at a time like this? It's the first thing in the morning and none of us has gotten any sleep. Can we get back to the matter at hand? Before anyone interrupts, the matter at hand is the four murders. Four murders? Three murders. There was that sour sour down the stairs. The thug with the poisoned bottle. Old lady out window. That's three. There were eight of us here. Ten of us. Plus two servants. Oh. Eight guests, two servants. So ten minus three is seven. I'm one. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. So three murders. What were we talking about? The four murders. I thought there were three. Stop. I'm talking about the murder of Turner Lee, the film director. That director chap, is he the fourth murder? Or is he the first murder? Making grandmama the fourth murder. No, stop. 
As I said earlier, it is Turnley's producers who can shed light into this affair, can't they, Mrs. Curtis Crawford Moore? I'll tell my story. I am, however, parched. If I could just get a wee dram, just a tipple. You can drink when you're done talking. Oh, tis, darling. Fine. My story. The whole sorry affair from the beginning. <clears throat> it all began years ago, darling, before I'd even met Turner Lee. Can't it cut a little closer to the murder? Darling, it's my story, and I'll tell it my way. So, where was I? That's right, years ago. I had just married a swell fella by the name of Clary Curtis. Where are you off to, Clary? Got an important meeting with a government man, Peach. Come on, Clary. Those public funds ain't going to misappropriate themselves. I'm coming, Petey. Uh, Clary. I'll be back as quick as I can, Peach. Being a gangster's wife was a lonely affair. I wanted for nothing. Jewelry, furs, etc. But I had nothing to do. It was on one such lonely night. Clary was kneecapping a friend of the family. But I took myself out to a jazz club and struck up conversation with a man at the bar. The only time I've seen someone surrounded by quite so many empty glasses, there was a mirror behind the bar. What's your take? I'm drowning my sorrows. You can tell by the glasses it's a long story. Well, I'm drowning my boredom. Seems I've got the time. I'm a filmmaker, see? I've got this crackerjack script, a sword-fighting celebrity on a string to be in it, but no way to produce it. Produce it? Oh, you mean give you money? Why, I have plenty of dirty capital and no legitimate investment to spend it on. The film industry would be perfect for you. Can I interest you in my movie? <laughs> I'm sure you can. I'm Mrs. Curtis. Turner Lee. Hmm, buy me a glass of champagne and let's talk. And so Turner Lee and I made a movie together. He directed, I produced, and together we made She Should Have Listened to Her Mother, starring Dimitri Volkov. Oh, that's me! I acted in the movie! I acted in the movie. I did not murder director. But not murder the director. You're missing your determiners. The determiners? Correct! The determiners! How do you appear in films, Mr. Volkov? Is existential question? It's question of language. Mr. Volkov speaks very good English for someone who taught themselves? That's right! He sword fights mainly. That's right. In She Should Have Listened to Her Mother, he played a mute. I play many mutes. Men who mute from birth, men who mute with trauma, men with cutthroat who mute. But always sword fighting. Turner Lee and I attended the premiere of our movie together. That was an alright movie. The actress was pretty, I guess. I do like sword fighting. They liked it, darling. We need to get some champagne to celebrate. I was going to get something a little stronger. Spirits, darling. I find a quick trip to the bathroom to powder my nose gives me the lift I need. Not quite my scene, darling. But don't let me stop you from indulging. Hold that thought. Here comes the vulture. The who? Miss Delphine Diamandis, the gossip columnist. Tana, darling. Your film, so adequate, so utterly British. I'm almost tempted to write about it in my column. Ta, Delphine. Didn't you care for it? We're rather proud of it, darling. I don't know you. Why? I miss... I didn't ask. Better luck next time, Turner. <laughs> 
What a lonesome bitch. Unpleasant and powerful, her poison pen can sink a career as well as any film critic. Who cares about her, darling? The critics liked our movie. Next time, they'll love it. I've got a great script ready to go. It's called Loved Lovers Loved. I'm making the Russian player Lumberjack, who took an axe to the throat. There's one role I'm having trouble casting, though. A great little part, the foreman's daughter. The producer. Are you struggling with that part? Are you offering? Darling, I'm always offering champagne. <laughs> to our movie. And for many more to come, darling. And so we drank champagne and toasted our continuing partnership. Oh, perhaps some sort of reenactment is in order. No, Ms. Veronica, go on. <sighs> Loved Lovers Loved went into production, but we just couldn't find the right actress for the daughter character. The search was exhaustive. You can't kick him out, Daddy! You can't! I Next! Mean, I'm begging you! Ain't you ever felt forgiveness? Next! You can't, Daddy! I love him! Next! I... There is no next, Turner. That's every actress we had booked. Oh, I'm going to need more than cocaine to get through another day like this. What'll we do? We can't have both the romantic leads be mute. The hunt continues. The right actress has got to be out there somewhere, damn it! It was me who found her. Who? The daughter. Whose daughter? The foreman's daughter in the... They were looking for an actress, and Ms. Veronica found her. Which actress? Let her tell the damn story. Thank you, darling. It was quite by chance, actually. I'd taken myself to the theatre one evening. Mr. Curtis was burying an informant. Macbeth was the play, and there, on stage, stood Isadora Fortune. Out, damned spot! Out, I say! One, two... Ooh, is that creature on stage? I'm sorry, ma'am, but you need to keep your voice down. Asher, darling, who is that creature on stage? That's Lady Macbeth. Can you keep it down? <laughs> I'm not a dolt, darling. I meant the actress. That's Isadora Fortune. Tell her to be quiet. I'm telling her I am. Oh, isn't she marvellous? I must bring Turner to see her. Will you shut up? I seldom do, darling. Least of all when a man asks it of me. I returned the following night with Turner in tow to show him my discovery. What? Will these hands never be clean? She's incredible. I know. She's stupendous. I know. Oh, hello, Usher, darling. Oh, fancy meeting you here. Oh, no. I have to have her. Oh, now there's two of you. Shh, don't shush me. I'm shushing them. What's going on out there? Carry on, darling. You're doing fine. We have to make her audition, Veronica. She has to be in my movie. Hello, my name is Sandro. And my name's Zach. We are historians. Well, movie historians, we're not qualified for anything else. Join us on our podcast, Oldie But A Goodie, where for all of 2022, we're reviewing movies from the year 2001. That's right. Every episode, we look at all the movies that came out that week back in 2001. Then we pick one film and we do a full synopsis review. It's it's Oldie But A Goodie. Sometimes, m- most of the time, we find bad movies. It's usually a fun time, but also usually one of us ends up pulling our hair out by the end of the episode. And we have a lot of hair between. What a selling point for the trailer. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was pretty exciting. Oldie but a goodie. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. 
That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Hello, friends! Creator of the podcast, Kieran here. Thank you for making it halfway through episode four of A Process of Elimination. I don't have too much to say this mid-roll because my fellow That's Not Canon podcasts have their own promo spots now and because my dad's reviews are increasingly reticent. He's listening to the series, but when I asked what he thought, he said he had nothing to say that could be put in a review. A comment that is perhaps a review unto itself. I'd like to mention that I think I landed a few more listeners over the last few weeks. I've no idea where you came from, but you are very welcome. This particular series is a murder mystery, so for those of you who have started midway through, maybe skip back a few episodes. Here at the Midway Point is where I do my call-out for feedback or reviews, and listeners both old and new, please give me those things. What do you think of the current series? What would you like to hear next? Maybe you could even let me know where you found us. You can find plenty of ways of doing that in the episode description. That's it for me this episode. I'll let you get back to the onslaught of flashbacks. Thanks again for listening. Bye. There she is, Miss Fortune. I'm Turner Lee. This is my producer, Mrs. Veronica Curtis. Hello, darling. We're huge fans. I must admit, Mr. Lee, I'd never given movies much of a thought. The stage has always been my home. Did you have a chance to look at the script? I took a look in the car on the way over. My driver read in. In your own time, Miss Fortune. You can't kick him out. You can't, Daddy. I love him, Daddy. I don't care what you say. I love him. Isn't there a drop of compassion in your heart? Well, you better find some, Daddy. Because if you don't, I'll be gone. And you ain't ever gonna see me again. Was that all right? I think we have found our actress. I know we've found our actress. Smash cut to the premiere. Turner, darling, thank you for inviting me. A waste of my time, but what can one expect from a British film? Darling, why do you bother coming if you despise the cinema show? You again? Well, darling, I come to be seen as much as to see. Besides, where else could I catch a glimpse of that red diamond you unearthed? Do you mean Isadora Fortune? Who else, darling? I'll have to get my little eyes and ears on her. I do so like fresh blood. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch. It's been said before. I know, darling. By me. What a movie. That actress. Her acting was so good, I didn't even care that she was smoking hot. And I liked the sword fight. They loved our movie. And they loved our actress. The premiere seems to be going well. Darling, Isadora, we're ready to pop the champagne corks in your honour, darling. My driver is already waiting. Loosen up for the night, Isadora. The movie's done. Now's the time to party. Maybe just one. I'll tell my driver to circle the block. That kid doesn't know what she's got. I'm going to put her in so many movies. Mrs. Curtis. Do I know you, darling? I'm your husband's lawyer, Mrs. Curtis. A lawyer? This could be serious for all Shush, darling. What's this about? Lawyer, darling. The police issued a warrant for your husband's arrest, but he's evaded capture. Good for him, darling. By getting shot to death. Oh, no. Uh, sorry, perhaps I should have led with that. Yes, perhaps 
Joseph, shut up, darling. Will this affect my movie? Not now, Turner. Will this affect me? I'm afraid so, Mrs. Curtis. The money is seized, the jewellery in a police evidence locker, and the house now the property of Her Majesty's Metropolitan Police, on top of you being a widow. A widow? Oh, no, darling. I simply can't go into mourning. Would you like my handkerchief, if you're feeling emotional? Tell me, lawyer, darling. Are you wealthy? Not remarkably so. All I've got is the London townhouse, the country manor, a box at the opera, and the one racehorse. I'm still not sure how this will affect the movie. Make yourself scarce, Turner. And let me have a word with... Mr. Crawford. Would you pass me your handkerchief, Mr. Crawford? I'm considering becoming emotional. Of course, Mrs. Curtis. Please, call me Ms. Veronica. Everything went smashingly. Our movie was a hit, Mr. Crawford and I married, and Turner and I started our next film with Isadora in the lead. Of course, there were complications. Because someone murdered Turner Lee? Stop getting ahead of the story, darling. Isadora had to be coaxed back to film. She didn't find the acting interesting. And my new husband was unwilling to splash his cash in the movie business. I had to call in some old favours with some old associates of my old husband. Well, well, well. Ronnie Curtis. Oh, excuse me. What is it now? Mrs. Crawford now, P.T. But this isn't about poor Clary. Barely cold in his grave. Should I take your taciturnity as disinterest in making money? What was that side for you, Ronnie? And I've nothing but time for making money. I thought as much, P.T. Wow, wee, what a film. Baba boom, that actress, am I right? I liked all the sword fighting. We did it again, Turner, darling. With me as director, Isadora in the lead, and you paying for everything. We're unstoppable. There you are, Ronnie. This looks to be the easiest job I've ever pulled. And I got to launder a bunch of money at the same time. Launder what now? <laughs> time for a drink. The bar here got a good log, you think? Turner, darling, what a move. Ah, Delphine. Did we finally make something you like. Of course not, darling. But Turner, darling, that leading lady of yours, I am fascinated. You and me both, Delphine. A curious little thing, isn't she? I dig and I dig, darling, but nothing yet. You mustn't be very good at your job then, darling. Oh, but I am. Sooner or later, everyone gives up their secrets to Delphine, dear Mundus. Also, you can throw them in that rag of a paper. Sometimes, darling. The most tantalizing of tales I keep to myself. <laughs> You'd never guess the meal ticket you can write with other people's mistakes. Ah, <laughs> uh, John, darling. Anything to add, Veronica? Well, bitch. Oh, yes, exactly, darling. We should feed the vulture for the good of the movie. Darling, I know exactly what to do. Let's get to that after party. I'm desperate for champagne. Isadora, darling, enjoying the party. I don't fancy parading myself in front of press and photographers, and my driver is waiting. I know it's a bore, darling, but it's good for the film. Well, I know I should. And darling, if you're more well-known as an actress, the more grease paint and footlights you can afford. I would like to run my own theatre company, have full creative control. That too, darling. To that end, I've set you up with a pretty thing you can swan about on your arm. The press love to fawn over beautiful people together, darling. Let's give them something to nibble Veronica. on. Veronica! film, darling. For, what was it? Theatre control. Oh. Thank you, mm. darling. Mr. Kemp. Hello there. This is Mr. 
misfortune. A pleasure to meet you. You're a lot smaller than you looked on the screen. Just swat about in front of those photographers for a minute or two, and I'll see you both at the bar when you're done. Nothing quite like powdering your nose to give you that premiere party buzz. Isadora, won't you join me? A glass of champagne is enough for me. What about Loverboy? He's not my Loverboy. We've only just met. I thought he was your driver. Might explain a thing or two. The name's Grayson Kemp. I must say, this is quite the event. Or at least it would be if Isadora could manage a smile. But I think I know a way. I've got plans for another movie. And I've got a role that you'd be perfect for. This one's a doozy. It's about a fiery young woman whose man has done her wrong. I know the sort. And her childhood sweetheart was injured in the Great War. He's not mute, is he? What's your problem with mute people? Honestly, even Mr. Volkov is bemused that you keep casting him. I got him on a string, and you're so good on screen together. You did look good on screen together. See? Even this department store mannequin agrees. Thank you. Come on, Isadora. What'll it take to get you in my movie? What would it take? Hmm, I want you to give me a role. A great role. Something that hasn't been done before. Do this movie and the next movie can be any script you want. Any part you like. What do you say? Deal? Deal. Don't you let me go, you hear? I know you can't talk. But with me by your side, you won't need to. Cut. Let's get these cameras set up for the close-ups. Good take, Isadora. If only I had lines to say. Maybe next time, Dimitri. I don't hold breath. Face already blue. Let me tidy up your mascara, Isadora. How was that take, Mrs. Parker? It was sweet and romantic. I hated it. But I don't hate you, Isadora. I can always count on you to be honest, Mrs. Parker. Darling, Isadora, aren't you a marvel? How goes Mr. Kemp? I've seen your photos in a magazine or two. I can't say we have much in common to talk about. I don't like him. You haven't met him. He's a man. I don't like him on principle. That was fair, Mrs. Parker. Your makeup is all done, Isadora. Thank you, Mrs. Parker. You're my angel. Miss Veronica, I wanted a word with you about the next film. I know what I want it to be. It's this. This is a book. I want you to turn it into a movie. I don't really do that, darling. I just give money to people and they do it's it. It's the story of ancient Roman poisoner Locusta. She's everything I want to play. Enigmatic, complex, layered. Mm, she sounds like a terrific cake. It's perfect. Even my driver thinks so. Look, Turner. Isadora was just showing me our new movie. This is a book. Looks historical. That doesn't come cheap. But, Turner, we had an agreement. Oh, and Mr. Reed has bottomless pockets. Who knows if the author would even be interested. I've already contacted the publisher and secured the rights. Oh, then I guess our next film is Locusta. Is there a Mrs. Crawford here? Oh, that's me, darling. I have terrible news. I've just hit and killed your husband with my Mercedes-Benz. Veronica. <gasps> oh, no. Well, these things happen, Mr... Mr. Moore. Mercedes-Benz, did you say? Correct, Mrs. Crawford. Please, call me Ms. Veronica. Turnerly's next film released to great acclaim, piquing the interest of the cinematic stars of Hollywood. Are you 
tell him the story now, darling? Then I shall have a dream. No, you shall not. You see, it was at this point in his career that I met Turner Lee. We both did, in his office in Soho. Thank you, Sid. I am telling the story. That office was plastered with his posters and framed reviews of his movies. More a temple to himself than anything. I said I am telling the story now. Then at least let me have a drink, darling. No, it was as LaCosta ramped up production that Sid and I were invited to meet him. Oh, Mr. Griffin and Miss Farrow, too. I wasn't expecting you quite so soon. Hello. We didn't mean to make you drop your small bag of flour. <laughs> Can't make it through the day without the stuff. Uh, what a thrill it is to finally meet you. Can't say I've heard of you, to be honest. You should go to the cinema, Mr. Griffin. I'm everywhere at the moment. I don't really go to movies. I go to murder. I go to them. I loved, loved, love as loved. I thought she took it with her was even better. But my favourite was ahead of her time when her childhood sweetheart came back from the war mute. Oh. Did you bring us here to discuss your oeuvre? Oh. In a way, I wanted to discuss both of our oeuvres. Seat. Thank you. Drink. Thank you. I've been reading about your exploits for years now. I love the one about the psychic and the major. Ah, uh, yes, Miss Camille, the pretend Romanov. I remember her fondly. I don't. Probably because of all the smoke I inhaled when the major tried to set me on fire. Great stories. I've always thought they'd make a terrific movie or series of movies about me about the both of you imagine you deducing a crime whilst leaning on a mantelpiece miss sparrow speeding after a fleeing murderer in her car the pair of you dashing across rooftops revolvers in hands handcuffs at the ready i don't know that films are really my thing i'm not the attention-seeking sort you know premieres Parties? Women hanging off my arm? Sounds like an awful lot of work. You never let women hanging off your arm stop you before, boss. I've got a meeting with a Hollywood producer in a few days, and I'm going to show him a script we've thrown together. I'll send it to you afterwards. We're talking international distribution. You'd be a household name. I suppose it wouldn't hurt having a look at the script. Sure thing. Just think. Me, Montgomery Griffin, the darling of Hollywood. Or the actor who plays you. Montgomery Griffin, Hollywood's Turner did have that meeting with famed film studio executive Samuel Mann who'd come to England searching for fresh talent. The two met in Turner's office where they quickly discovered they had much in common. Good stuff! I know. Speaking of your films... I know. And another thing that's good, that girl. I know, of course. She can be difficult. She's an actress. Highly strung. She's an actress. She takes a little finagling to bring around. She's an actress. I don't care what she's like. I care that audiences love her. I want a slice of that action. In return, I can take the pair of you to Hollywood. Is it all a Fortune isn't interested in Hollywood. She's interested in creative control. I've got another project coming up. You know of a private investigator by the name of Montgomery Griffin? I got a cracking script for it about him and his assistant. Now, what about this uh, latest piece you're filming starring the girl? Uh, it's a period drama exploring the internal intricacies of a complicated yet sympathetic female lead. Oh, God! Hollywood doesn't want to see women doing anything. They want to see women lying around looking interchangeably provocative and vulnerable. Audiences want sword fights and clenched jaws and even more clenched fists. Not women. Not women doing things. And that's the sort of film I want to make, but 
Isadora. Come on, man. I'm not afraid of breaking a few eggs. Are you? And so Turner buckled, made the changes that Hollywood demanded of him. Of course, this had consequences. Not the least of which was the cast of Lacosta descending upon Turner's office. What the hell is this, Turner? A script, I believe. A terrible script, where the lead, the lead, Locusta, the character I'm playing, is little more than an ornament swanning around a Roman palazzo weeping. I love new script. That's because you finally get to talk. I talk so much. Your character gets to talk. We'll dub someone in like Cary Grant or Jimmy Stewart. A good, normal-sounding American. How dare! You're lucky I don't have sword with me. Remember? Remember, Dimitri, that I've got you on a string. I just have to write one letter to Miss Diamandis. Turner, darling, what's going on? Why all these changes? A major Hollywood producer wants in on Lacasta. Who cares if he wants to tweak the script? What about the book and Betty Fay Wanderer? Screw the book. It's history. No one's got a copyright on history. I won't do it, Turner. I'll quit the film. You've got a contract, toots. You'd be ruined. Keep your movie career. I never asked for it. You've got nothing on me. Don't I? Ah, it just so happens that Ms. Diamandis got in touch with me. She forced me to sign over a considerable amount of box office in exchange for sitting on a certain secret about you and your driver. <gasps> Shame if I had no reason to keep said secret. I think you're bluffing, Mr. Lee. Quit the film and we'll find out. You Bastard! It's been said before. Probably be said again. Turner, I'm shocked by all this. Making movies was meant to be a bit of fun. Fortunately, I don't need your approval, Veronica. And I don't need your money either. Not anymore. But we're partners. The partnership is over, darling. I'm firing you and going to Hollywood. There was nothing to be done. Tanner bullied us all and then sold the whole story to Miss Delphine Diamandis to make us look like greedy, egotistical, artistic types. But not Isadora. Oh no, he kept her around. Hollywood demanded her as tribute. Of course, you know what happens next. <gasps> what? Murder, darling. Now, I wasn't there for the actual event. He alleges. But I can tell you everything I know. Or at least everything I gathered from Turner's secretary. It happened in his office. Isadora came to see him out of the blue, caught a bus into town and strode into his office demanding to be seen. I won't leave until I've changed his mind. He was in a meeting. The diary said, appointment with Miss Dorothy Davenport. He's very busy right now. I'll wait. Soon enough, Miss Davenport left, brushing past Isadora, swaddled in a thick scarf and wide-brimmed hat. Excuse me, she was in a hurry. Turner agreed to to meet with Isadora. She went straight in. Mr. Lee. You'd better come in, Isadora. But only moments later. <coughs> what happened? Oh, Turner? Oh, What's oh, happening? What's going on? According to Isadora, shortly after he closed the office door, he began clutching at his heart, and before she could think of what to do, he collapsed and died. 
The police investigation was swift. By all means, take the helm, Mr. Griffin. It didn't look good for Miss Isadora Fortune. She had motive, opportunity, and what's more, the detectives observed that two glasses were missing from Turner's decanter set. Upon searching Isadora's home, where she lived with her aged makeup artist and her driver, they found those two missing receptacles at the bottom of a trash receptacle. The case was closed before I even read about it in the paper. But what was truly damning was what killed Turner Lee. Aconite poisoning. What's that? People know it as monkswood or wolfsbane. A very pretty bloom. And when wielded correctly, fatal in minutes. It has one very well-known fan of its murderous capabilities. Who? Locusta, the ancient Roman poisoner. That's the story of how Isadora Fortune went from grand dame of the stage to death row. For a crime she didn't commit. There were plenty of people who could have killed Turner, or at least wished to. Including you, Miss Veronica, fired by someone you considered a partner. Darling, when you've lost three husbands, you don't sweat the small stuff. Three husbands? How did the third one die? Does it matter? I want to know more about this Miss Dorothy Davenport character. There's no such person as Miss Dorothy Davenport. An assumed name, darling, and likely Turner's way of booking an appointment with his dealer. Dealer of what? You don't notice the overwhelming presence of cocaine? I'm frankly surprised. Turner Lee had a septum. If you'll excuse me, I'm getting a drink. Unless Mr. Griffin is going to snap at me again. No, no, you've served your purpose. (gasps) Thank you, darling. I still think that Isadora Fortune is innocent. She seemed a swell girl. I hate to think of her as a murderer. Oh, she was always nice on set. It's always the nice ones you have to watch out for. Oh, I'm exhausted. Oh, that staghead is on the floor. I can relate, you poor darling severed head. And what's this? A bottle of scotch. Thank God. (coughs) Cheers, darling. Even if you point the finger at this Davenport woman, there's still the question of Isadora's odd behaviour. Oh, she is actress. Erratic people. And it doesn't explain why anyone would invite us to this lodge and start killing us off. I think I agree with Miss Veronica. Regarding what? It being time for a drink. Let's go to the lounge then. Oh, yeah, that's good idea. I like this idea. If Miss Veronica knew just about everyone, after all, they were in her story, then why did she wait until now to mention it? That's a good question. You can put it to her directly. But wait, where is she? <gasps> Behind Seti! It's Miss Veronica. Is she all right? Uh, let me check. <clears throat> well, there's a turn up for the books. What is it? She's dead. Process of elimination featured the voices of Jacqueline Osorio as Miss Delphine Diamandis and Miss Isadora Fortune. Dan Pye as the narrator and Turner Lee. Andrew James Spooner as Colonel Lionel Gare. Rhiannon Mauschel as Miss Holiday Howard Hudson. David Moss as Mr. Grayson Kemp. Matt James as Mr. Peter Reed. Catherine Jones as Mrs. Peggy Parker. Stephen Jobson as Mr. Dimitri Volkov. Lucy Clough as Ms. Veronica. Kieran Davy as Mr. Montgomery Griffin and Rosie Williamson as Miss Sydney Sparrow. Additional voices by Andrew James Spooner, Rhiannon Marshall, Matt James, Catherine Jones, Stephen Jobson, Kieran Davy, and Rosie Williamson. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.